This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of congenital radial head dislocation from the hand section on orthobullets.com. Congenital dislocation of the radial head can be differentiated from a traumatic dislocation by bilateral involvement, a hypoplastic capitellum, a convex radial head, other congenital anomalies, lack of history of trauma, and difficulty in reduction. With respect to pathoanatomy, a congenital radial head dislocation is almost always a posterior dislocation of the radial head. Again, a congenital radial head dislocation is almost always a posterior dislocation of the radial head. And keep in mind that a congenital radial head dislocation is often combined with bowing and shortening of the radius. Again, a congenital radial head dislocation is often combined with bowing and shortening of the radius. As far as associated conditions, many patients with a congenital radial head dislocation may have concurrent congenital anomalies. With respect to anatomy, be sure to look out for the podcast episode about elbow anatomy and biomechanics or review the topic on orthobullets.com. As far as the presentation of a congenital radial head dislocation, patients are often asymptomatic, however, they typically have limited elbow range of motion. On physical exam, you will likely see radial head prominence, and patients can have a limited elbow range of motion, especially in extension and supination. Keep in mind that range of motion is usually painless in these patients. So again, on physical exam, patients can have radial head prominence, and they can have limited elbow range of motion, especially in extension and supination, and usually range of motion is painless. As far as imaging, radiographs will reveal a radial head posterior to the capitellum. The radial head can be large and convex, and the radius is short and bowed. Treatment for a congenital radial head dislocation can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes observation, which is the first line of treatment. Operative options include a radial head resection, and this is usually done in adulthood if patient has significant pain, restricted motion, or cosmetic concerns of the elbow. As far as outcomes, a radial head resection can reduce pain and may improve some elbow range of motion. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 7-year-old girl was evaluated for a visible elbow deformity, which was noted by a foster parent. Radiographs reveal a convex appearance of the proximal radial articular surface, and the appearance of the radial head reveals the typical findings of a congenital dislocation. The patient's foster parent thought the child fell, but her history was vague. On physical examination, a large prominence was seen over the posterolateral elbow, and the girl lacks the terminal 20 degrees of elbow extension. She has 75 degrees of elbow pronation and supination. She was non-tender on examination. What is the most appropriate next treatment step? And the choices are 1. Child abuse workup. 2. Close reduction. 3. Open reduction with possible osteotomy and four, observation. The correct answer to this question is four, observation. So the most appropriate management of this condition is observation. The patient most likely has a congenital dislocation of the radial head, although this may also represent a post-traumatic deformity. The absence of findings on physical examination speaks against an acute injury. The appearance of the radial head described on the radiographs in the question stem reveals the typical findings of a congenital dislocation, namely the convex appearance of the proximal radial articular surface. These children typically have very functional range of motion and do not require treatment unless they are symptomatic. 
there is nothing in this child's history to suggest abuse. Moving on to the next question. A seven-year-old nonverbal boy with severe autism is brought to the emergency department by his caretaker after noticing a bump over the left elbow. She states that the patient falls often but is not sure when the bump first appeared. The patient moves his bilateral upper extremities spontaneously and without apparent discomfort. Examination of his left elbow is notable for a prominence over the posterolateral elbow that is non-tender. AP and lateral radiographs of the left elbow shows a posterior radial head dislocation with a concave radial head. What is the next best step in management? And the choices are 1. Plain radiographs of the contralateral elbow. 2. Closed reduction under sedation. 3. Open reduction with annular ligament reconstruction. 4. Open reduction with ulna osteotomy. And 5. Radial head resection. The correct answer to this question is one, plain radiographs of the contralateral elbow. So the clinical picture in the question stem is most consistent with a congenital radial head dislocation, which is often bilateral. Radiographs of the contralateral elbow can be useful in confirming the diagnosis. The management of asymptomatic congenital radial head dislocation is observation. To quickly review, congenital radial head dislocation can occur in isolation or in association with a variety of syndromes. It is most commonly bilateral, posteriorly dislocated, atraumatic, difficult to reduce with distinct radiographic findings that include a concave radial head and hypoplastic capitellum. Management of asymptomatic congenital radial head dislocation is observation. If patients develop pain and or symptomatic loss of motion, radial head resection can be considered. Mansky et al. reviewed the classification of congenital anomalies of the hand and upper extremity. Congenital radial head dislocation can occur with a number of other anomalies, including longitudinal deficiencies of the radius and proximal radial ulnar synostosis. The underlying abnormality of congenital radial head dislocation is thought to be failure of capitellum development, resulting in a loss of contact pressure required for normal radial head development. Malformation of the radiocapitellar joint leads to altered biomechanics at the proximal radial ulnar joint and abnormal ulna development. Agnew et al. performed a retrospective review of six patients with unilateral radial head dislocations. Radiographic findings associated with congenital etiology include relative shortening of the ulna or lengthening of the radius, absence or hypoplasia of the capitellum, and a dome-shaped radial head with a long, narrow neck. Though most often bilateral, the authors concluded that unilateral congenital radial head dislocation can occur. And moving on to the final question, a 17-year-old boy presents with pain in his right elbow for two years and limitation in elbow motion bilaterally. He denies any pain or discomfort in his left elbow. He reports no history of trauma to either elbow. He has had two courses of physical therapy, but has noted no noticeable improvement in pain or motion. Examination demonstrates no elbow tenderness on palpation, and there are no neurological deficits. Manual reduction is unsuccessful. As far as the range of motion of both elbows, the right elbow has a carrying angle of 8 degrees of valgus, while the left elbow has 3 degrees of valgus. Right elbow flexion is 100 degrees, and left elbow flexion is 130 degrees. Right elbow extension is 40 degrees of hyperextension, and the left elbow is 10 degrees of hyperextension. Right elbow pronation is 10 degrees, and left elbow pronation is 80 degrees. And finally, right elbow supination is 15 degrees, and left elbow supination is 90 degrees. Radiographs of the left and right elbow both show posterior dislocation of the radial head. 
what is the most appropriate treatment plan for the right and left elbow? And the choices are one, bilateral open reduction and application of a hinged external fixator to both elbows, two, radial head resection of the right elbow and non-operative management of the left elbow, three, bilateral radial head arthroplasty, four, physical therapy and splinting to both elbows, and five, radial head resection and interposition arthroplasty for the right elbow and radial head resection alone for the left elbow. The correct answer to this question is two, radial head resection of the right elbow and non-operative management of the left elbow. So the patient has bilateral congenital radial head dislocation. The right side is symptomatic with no significant loss of motion. The left is asymptomatic with minimal loss of active motion. Therefore, the most appropriate treatment is radial head resection of the right elbow and non-operative management of the left elbow. It is important to differentiate congenital radial head dislocation from traumatic dislocation. Clinical features of congenital radial head dislocation include bilateral involvement, presence at birth, other congenital anomalies, familial occurrence, irreducible by closed methods, and lack of a history of trauma. Radiological features include dome-shaped radial head and hypoplastic capitellum, relatively short ulna or long radius, deficient trochlea, prominent medial epicondyle, grooving of the distal radius, and anterior curvature of the posterior outline of the ulna. Bangard et al. reviewed 10 surgically treated and 6 non-surgically treated congenital radial head dislocation patients. They found no change in flexion extension and carrying angle postoperatively, but forearm rotation was improved. Surgically treated patients had significant improvement in elbow pain. Ultimately, greater than 25% of patients had wrist pain post-op, and this must be weighed in the decision process of treatment. They recommend radial head excision as an effective intervention in selected patients with significant elbow pain. That's all for this review about congenital radial head dislocation. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.